God is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. He does reign above it all. Whatever your all is, he reigns above it. And uh, I ask you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to pick up in verse 19. Not only are we going to pick up in verse 19, we're going to end in verse 19 today. You're going, Jeff, really? We're just doing one verse? Yes. God's word is just that. I was trying to do more, and God said, no, this is enough. So let's turn. If you're using that pew Bible, it's on page 1,359 in the pew Bible. Today, you're probably going to memorize a verse, because I'm going to say that verse a few times. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. We'll uh, stand and read it here in just a moment. But uh, this past Friday, we celebrated... Uh, my granddaughter's second birthday. Now, officially, her birthday is not until Wednesday of this week on the 28th, but yes, it is hard to believe that it's been two years since Addie has been born. Now, as you know, we go to Huntsville nearly every Friday. We have even, as a church, begun to collectively not call it Friday anymore, but we call it Addie Day. You guys reach out to me, and you ask me how Addie Day was, and I think that's pretty cool. Now, Addie's going to be in trouble when she goes to school. She's never going to get her Fridays correct. She's always going to call them Addie Day, and then I'm going to have to go to the school and bail her out and help her. Um, And out of a possible 104 Addie Days, because there's 52 Fridays typically in a year, in two years it's 104 I think that we, Angela and I, have seen her. I need to make sure I say them, because Caleb and Laura still matter. I don't think we've missed seeing her or them, but about eight times in the 104 opportunities. So needless to say, I can uh, drive to Huntsville without much trouble these days. And Addie has this set of blocks. Now, she's had these blocks longer than she's been able to utilize them, but she has this set of blocks. And many Fridays, I find myself playing with these blocks. And sometimes, Addie joins me. I like playing with blocks. I like creating the towers and the buildings and just seeing how high I can get the blocks stand before they fall. And I can tell you that the blocks never get really high, not because I can't build a good tower, but because when I start building blocks tall, it's like a beacon that goes off in Addie's mind, and she comes running to see Pops as he builds, and she runs over to me, and she says, Addie, knock it down. Addie, knock it down. And then Pops typically goes, it's okay. But sometimes I'm not quite there to where I want it to be, and so we've got this thing going. She'll run over to me and she'll say, Addie, knock it down. And I'll go, wait a minute, wait a minute. And she'll stand here like this, and I'll build two or three more. And then she'll say to me, Pops, Addie, knock it down. And I have to get to a point where I realize I can't hold her off any longer, and then Addie, knocks it down, and down it comes. And Addie is a good knocker-downer. 
But recently, she's also begun to copy my towers. We'll sit facing each other, and I'll put a block, and she'll put a block, and I'll stack one, and she'll stack one, and she's mimicking the towers that I'm building, and she is becoming better at a builder of towers. And it's that image that I would like for us to take as we walk into God's Word today as a background. And let's stand and read together, yes, one verse, five words. You're going, Jeff, you're making me stand up for this. God's Word is worthy of our honor. And let's read that together. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. You may be seated. You know, if I read it again, maybe I should make you stand. We should stand four or five times all the way through this and see. But, uh, and I would like for us to knock this verse down together so that we can allow God to build it back up in our hearts and in our lives together. It says here in this verse, we are told, do not quench the Spirit. Now, the word quench defined means uh, several different things, but they all sort of relate to this, to stifle, to reject, to ignore, to grieve, to extinguish, or to put out. And as I said, we are told in Scripture right there, do not quench the Spirit. So that means that not only are we not to do those things, but if you take the positive, we are to allow. We are to pay attention. We are to build up. We are to accept. You see, not quenching means letting something happen. Now think about this. In order to quench something, to reject something, to stop something, to knock something down, this means that there must be something being attempted to be done. That makes sense, right? You can't, you can't quench something when there's not some activity going on that can be quenched. And this verse tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one that we are not to quench. So by default, this means that the Holy Spirit is attempting to do something, to accomplish something. So Paul could have said this whole verse differently. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. You see, the Holy Spirit is seeking to build in your life. And quenching the Holy Spirit is knocking it down. And it's as if I come before God while he's trying to build something through the Holy Spirit in my life. I go, Jeff, knock it down. And God, today, I want you to hear this clearly through my two-year-old granddaughter. God is saying to you, before you knock down what he is trying to build, wait a minute. Let God have his way. That's what we're told in this scripture. And so today, Paul is seeking to challenge us to understand some of, I will not be able to do a complete and thorough job in this topic. I hope to pique your interest, uh, turn your attention to what God is seeking to do. But Paul is seeking us through these simple words 
to understand what distinctive works, what specific things the Holy Spirit of God is seeking to do. And then to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives. And let's make this personal. God desires to have his way through the Holy Spirit in your life this morning. To allow the Holy Spirit to accomplish all that he, the Holy Spirit, desires to do in your life. And this is a challenge. Because by our actions, by our choices, by our beliefs, our priorities, our faith, our commitment, we, I, you, many times are guilty of quenching the Holy Spirit. And so today, if you're a note taker, I'm getting ready to give you a few things that you can write down. I'm getting ready to start a conversation with you that the Holy Spirit of God is going to continue in your life after we're done. But I wanted to talk for just a few minutes about what distinct roles the Holy Spirit has. And I'm only going to cover but just a few of them. I will not cover them all, so I know that you're going to come up with one. And my answer to you is, do that one too. So whichever ones we talk about, and then if there are more, they all get incorporated, okay? But let's talk about what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives life physically. It is the role of the Holy Spirit to give life to all. Psalm 104 verse 30 says, You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Also, the opposite is true. If you look in Job chapter 34 verses 14 and 15, it says, If he should set, this would be God, if he should set his heart on it, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. Scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit gives life physically. But not only that, the Holy Spirit gives life spiritually. The Holy Spirit, Scripture talks about, gives us new life. You see, Jesus said to Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said that you must be born again. That's John chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. John chapter 6, later in Jesus' teaching in verse 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. The Holy Spirit just doesn't give us physically our lives or spiritually our lives, the Holy Spirit empowers Jesus' disciples for various kinds of ministry. If you recall Acts chapter 1, verse 8, probably the one that most of us would know, says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit empowers us in our lives for various kinds of ministry. The Holy Spirit grants individual spiritual gifts to equip Christians for service. Can I just remind you that if you know Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God has taken up residence in your life and given you new and eternal life. But he's also given you power for ministry, but he's also given you specific gifts in Scripture that are for, not for you, if you go and read in spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts are always for the glory of God 
and the building up or the edification of the body of Christ. And so that's why we encourage you to serve and to serve and to serve and to find out what you need to be doing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You know what that tells me is that the Holy Spirit of God gives spiritual gifts, but there are many and various, and we don't all get them all, and we don't all get the same one. But the Spirit works, and that's why you need to allow the Spirit of God to build up in you an awareness of what spiritual gift he has placed in your life, at least one, and then you need to be using that. And then under this empowering physically, empowering spiritually, empowering for ministry, and empowering for service, one final thing I thought fit under empowering was the Holy Spirit empowers our prayers. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us, empowers. We are told, do not quench the Spirit. Allow God to have his way in empowering your life. Now, not only does the Spirit of God empower us in those five ways, Another way, it says that the Holy Spirit of God purifies us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, when you come to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, who has drawn you, has introduced you to Jesus, comes into your life and cleanses your life of sin, breaking that power that sin has in your life. And the Holy Spirit also purifies us by producing a growth of holiness in our lives. I could point you to Galatians 5, chapters 22, I mean, verses 22 and 23, which speaks of the fruits of the Spirit. We are to allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives, to purify us, to make us more holy, to grow us up in to what God, God wants for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this, We all are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit's job, once you come to know Jesus, is to move into your life and to purify you, but to also reshape you day by day as you allow him to look more and more and more like the Son of God. Church, do not quench the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to make you more and more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit also guides and directs God's people. Now, there's a lot that I could show you here, and there's a lot that you can think of on your own. Scripture gives many examples of direct guidance from the Holy Spirit to various people. The Holy Spirit desires to lead us to a life pleasing to God. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted, Mark chapter 1. The Holy Spirit told Philip to join the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot, Acts chapter 8. Peter was told by the Holy Spirit to go with the three men to see Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. 
Paul and Barnabas were set apart for service by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13. These examples point to a day-to-day guidance by the Holy Spirit. Did you know that not only did the Holy Spirit lead in each of those situations, that the Holy Spirit desires to lead you step by step, day by day, week by week, if we would but yield to him. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know that you will either follow the guidance, the direction of the Holy Spirit, or you will quench that direction, and you will lead and order your own steps. Church, do not quench the Spirit of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you in your every step. I can tell you right now that there are some that may have needs right now. You have a decision you need to make, or you're looking for a direction that you are to go, or you're looking for, to make a decision. And the Spirit of God, if you know Jesus, is right there seeking to yield, to lead you so that you yield to him and do exactly and all that he has called you to do. I pray that you'll take advantage of that. Now, another great area that the Holy Spirit does is he brings a, what, I, what I'll call a God-like atmosphere into your life. Since the Holy Spirit is fully God and shares all the attributes of God, his influences in our life will be to bring a God-like character to all the situations that we allow him to be active. Think about it this way. Because God is holy, the Holy Spirit will bring about conviction of sin when sin occurs so that we too can be holy. That's John chapter 16. Because God is love, the Holy Spirit will pour out God's love into our hearts, Romans 5, 5. Because God is not the author of confusion, the Holy Spirit will bring peace, Romans 14, 17. And the list continues. The Holy Spirit will bring wisdom, comfort, righteousness, hope, and truth as we allow him to be the presence of God that walks with us daily to lead and guide us, he will bring a godly perspective to all the situations that you run into. When we see that and allow that to be what we decide, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way. When we don't see that or when we reject that, We're quenching the Holy Spirit. Church, allow the Holy Spirit to bring God into every aspect of your life. And that's a big challenge, whether it's in the room or whether you're online. You're going, so God gets to be part of every area of my life? You want me to yield every area of my life? I don't. I mean, I do but it's not my words. Those are God's words. He is calling for you to allow the Spirit of God to take an inventory of every area of your life so that it can then be yielded to God through him. The Holy Spirit brings assurance of salvation, and you're going, well, who needs that? A lot of people. You know, it's a funny thing in this world that people will make decisions when they're young or they'll make decisions when something's going on in life or they'll make decisions knowing everything, but then the world impacts them, situations impact them, and then they get to the point where they, they have to wonder, 
Hardly a week goes by that I don't minister to someone in our church family or closely related to our church family that doesn't have a need for assurance. And the way that I help them is by trying to see if they can find the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. If the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, you are a child of God. That's how the Spirit works. But in Romans 8, 16, talking about assurance of salvation, it says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You and the Holy Spirit, within your heart, you have a meeting, and the vote is one nothing. The Holy Spirit says, yes, you're a child of God. How do you know? Because I'm here. I'm here to remind you. you did, do you need people to remind you of things? The Holy Spirit's job is to remind you, if you are a child of God, that you are a child of God. If you do not have the Holy Spirit providing you that assurance, it's because you're not a child of God. Because the Spirit's job, one of them, is to be a witness, a deposit, a guarantee. 1 John 4, 13 says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His own Spirit. The Holy Spirit desires you to know whose you are, who you belong to, what your name is is child of God. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. A tenth thing, the Holy Spirit teaches and illuminates. The Holy Spirit teaches God's people things and helps us understand. Jesus promised this teaching function when he said in John chapter 14, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John chapter 16, verse 13 says that the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. I'm here to tell you that there is a truth in every situation you find yourself. And there is a truth according to God and His Word. And that Holy Spirit will remind you and lead you and show you that truth. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say at times when you need to say it. And I am so thankful. Because Scripture says that we are to pray for wisdom. The Spirit will provide that. And in these situations, I find myself praying, Lord, teach me, show me what to say. And God is faithful. He always provides those words. It is the Holy Spirit of God that when you understand Scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might understand. The work of the Holy Spirit is to allow you to take the Word of God, understand it, and then transition it into the truth in your heart and in your life. Now, I just have a couple more that I want to point out to you, and I want to read. I thought this one was, um, I didn't mark it, so I've got to uh, turn I'm going to a little minor prophet here, and they, they tend to stick together. Okay. The Holy Spirit brings unity. Think about that. 
brings unity. At Pentecost, remember what Peter did? Peter proclaimed that what the prophet Joel had said many years earlier. So I'm reading from the prophet Joel, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32, says this. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great coming and the awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Scripture teaches us that the promise of the Holy Spirit falls on each who come to know Jesus. And so there should be a couple of common things that we have if you claim to know Jesus. And one of those things is the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that Holy Spirit working in our lives individually unites us together so that we can then do things corporately as a body that God wants us to do. And the Holy Spirit brings that unity. It binds us, the body of believers, together the church, and makes us one. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Church, do not quench the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to maintain unity in the body. And one final one today. The Holy Spirit gives stronger or weaker evidence of the presence and the blessing of God according to our response to him. Give you a summary. God will show himself great in your life when you allow the spirit to be in control. The power of the spirit will, de will be diminished when you don't. That's a summary you see, the Holy Spirit leads us strongly when we allow him and abide. And the Holy Spirit backs away. When Quinch, think about this. Think about Samson. How when he yielded to God, he was great. But when he didn't, the Spirit backed away. Think about King Saul. Both quenched the Holy Spirit. Stephen, in his Acts 7 speech, rebuked the Jewish leaders, saying, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Grieving leads to quenching. Quenching will lead to a hardened heart. Think Ananias and Sapphira. Remember, they lied to the Holy Spirit. Their hearts were hardened about what they wanted. They conspired, and then they were challenged. Now, Jesus, in Matthew 12, I'm going to turn right there. I want to read this to you. Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said this, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or the age to come. That's pretty strong, don't you think? 
Jesus himself is teaching. You know, you people talk all the time and they like to have conversation about what's the unforgivable sin. And so many people have many different ideas about what it is. Scripture teaches that the only unforgivable sin is not allowing the Holy Spirit of God to lead you to Christ and to have his way. You will be marked in the day of judgment, not on how good you were or how bad you were. You will be marked in the day of judgment based upon whose you were. And the Holy Spirit will be the one that says, she's mine, he's mine, I've got that one. And it will be testified by your name written in the Lamb's book of life because you accepted Jesus. You see, it's possible to offend the Holy Spirit to a point where he'll stop reaching out to a life. Mark chapter 3, verse 29. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Church, do not quench the Spirit. See, this is now a circle. We go back and the Holy Spirit gives you physical life and the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual life. And then all these other things come because of you being a child of God. If you never get to a point of being a child of God, you are committing the unforgivable sin. If you're not saved, you're not saved. God has granted us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit desires to bring us sanctified before God. When we quench the Holy Spirit, we just keep knocking down, knocking down, knocking down what God desires to build in our lives. And you're going, Jeff, we only covered one verse today. I couldn't get past this one verse because all I heard God saying is, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me build what I've purposed in your life. Now, one of these days, I fully expect to go see Addie. And before Pops even gets there, she'll build a tower. And it'll be good. And there's something about that. And as much as sometimes I think, man, I'm going to knock that tower down, you know, I just couldn't do that. Knowing the effort that it takes to build. Now, I don't know where you are right now in allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way. I can assume, I can have conversations, I can think, we can talk. But only you know if you're allowing the Holy Spirit of God to move and work in your life as you should. I pray that you will. And it's not an unclear thing. God's made it very clear to us what the Spirit does. I just want to encourage you today to allow God to build what He desires and always has in and through your life. Amen?